welcome to the Christmas episode of the Modern Life Podcast. I am Sam, joined today by Tabby. Hi. And Stacy. Hi. And today we will be talking about two Christmas movies. You get two for the price of one. We're talking about The Happiest Season, which just came out on Hulu. And we're talking about... Uh, what's Last the, yeah? Christmas. Mm, I just I don't even want to remember it. <laughs> Last Christmas, yes. Mm, foreshadowing, yeah. And because we're talking about two movies, we're gonna skip the modern thoughts entirely and just dive into the abomination that is the Last Christmas. <laughs> So the last Christmas movie, just to give a really quick summary, this is a film with Amelia Clark, Emma Thompson and her husband were really heavily involved with the film. Uh, Amelia Clark is kind of living a really self-destructive lifestyle. She's then an she, alcoholic. Yes, she has some addiction problems. Then she meets a character played by Henry Golding, and she kind of rediscovers the spirit of Christmas. This <laughs> movie was really famous last year for everybody figuring out from the trailer <laughs> that he was a ghost. He was a ghost. <laughs> and we thought, oh, let's pick this. This will be a fun, mm. bad movie. This mm. will be like Carl Urban Dread. We're gonna Carl have Urban a Dread's a good time. Right, but it's a bad fun bad movie. And, and this one was not fun and just bad. I'm gonna correct you because you said we picked it and I picked it. <laughs> I picked And which is why he's not allowed to pick movies fully anymore. Responsible. Just for the record, ever again. I'm like, yeah, this looks like a terrible fun movie. And it wasn't fun at all. It was just terrible. It only had one of the two things that I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with this movie. I think, first of all, what really irritated us is the lore around the ghost mechanics. <laughs> because a lot of the time he wasn't able to open doors oh. and cupboards. But then half the time he did open the door, like when they were in the ice rink. I'm like, okay, then then pick one. There's a big twist where she comes back to a... She thinks it's his apartment, but it's not because he's a ghost. And, like, finds his cell phone in the cupboard that's been... He hasn't had his cell phone all movie long. And the twist is he couldn't get to it because it's in the cupboard and he's a ghost. So we can't open the cupboard. Yet, like, 30 minutes before that, he opens the door for her to the same apartment so he can open stuff. And it's totally inconsistent. I think it's also fair to say that we watched this on point ten speed, like the the second half. Yeah, about halfway through, we're like, can't take this anymore, yeah. but we're doing a podcast on it. <laughs> so we started... <laughs> Skipping around. We watched it on the PlayStation, and there's this beautiful feature where it just it just goes like a little faster. It's like, what, like two, 2.5 times the speed, I think. And so we just, we knocked out the second half of the movie in like 20 minutes. Just, just need to know what would happen. There were there were just no reasons for anything because Amelia Clark was this really uh, kind of promiscuous, you know, good for her. I'm not judging that, but like pretty thirsty character. Yet suddenly <laughs> she didn't want nothing to do with hot Henry Golding who's hanging mm. around, which is like there was never a reason given why these people yeah. are suddenly not friends or why they wouldn't like each other. Uh, everybody spoke like an alien. 
there was uh, oh, there, there's just the, like a lack of chemistry mm, between the characters. Yeah. Like you, you want when you watch like a rom com of any sort, you it, that's like the most important thing is the chemistry. And if it's not there, it's like watching two statues try to like interact with each other with no give and take. Like it's just two people reporting lines. Like it just doesn't work. Uh, some memorable scenes that stuck out to me. Amelia Clark is working at a Christmas shop. The shop owner is some old... Is she Chinese? Michelle Yeoh is not old. What are you saying right now? How old is she? She's elderly. No, she's not. How old is she? She's in her 50s. That's not old. Okay, she's middle-aged. Sorry, Jesus. That's better. My God. She's working for her, but she's Chinese, right? Um, I think Seriously, I just need a minute. (laughs) Oh, my God. So Michelle Yeoh is the owner of this Christmas shop. And she goes, her nickname is Santa. She goes by Santa because she owns a Christmas shop. And at one point in the movie, Amelia Clark finds out that Santa is not her real name. And (laughs) this is like a legit scene in the movie. And Amelia Clark goes, what? Your name isn't actually Santa? I, I think that's like my biggest problem. Is like so unlikable from start to finish. Your name isn't Santa Claus. Yeah, you never could root for her. No, like I understand that some people have like addiction problems. I, I trust me, no one gets it better than me. But she's, there's nothing likable about her. She's just so self-centered and selfish. And the people who knew who suffered from addiction, did they have to work at it, or was there just a ghost moment Apparently and they were immediately cured? Definitely a, not a ghost moment, and it's definitely something you have to work at on a cured. daily basis. And they definitely can't. I mean, you know, they have selfish moments, but usually when you hit rock bottoms, when you like almost die, it's not the opposite way where like she almost died and then she, then she became an mm. alcoholic. For me, that was like. You hit rock bottom, and this is your way of repaying people for, like, all the love and support. And just her way she acted toward her mom, I there, I just despised her character. I did actually Google that. Post-op depression, that self-destructive behavior is an actual thing. Mm. And I think if they would have portrayed that with any yeah. kind of respect, Don't I would have been there for it. <laughs> I, I think the other thing that really pops in my head here that did such an amazing job of it is Russian Doll. Where at yeah. first you really did not like that character, and then you kind of learned why she was doing all these self-destructive yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely better portrayed. Because I remember in the beginning of watching that show, I was you didn't like, like her. I yeah. hated her, and then toward the end, I was like, okay, I like her a little bit more, but I, I never grew to like this woman. Right, Amelia Clark. No. By the way, Michelle Yeoh was born in West Malaysia. Malaysia. Sorry. Yeah, so her and Henry Golding never actually have sex in the film, but mm. they still have this weird... You're still kissing a ghost, and... Yeah. Another scene that stuck out is there's this romance between Michelle Yeoh and some guy that just comes into the shop, and it's not an organic romance in any way, shape, or form. It's just totally bizarre, like an alien wrote this script. But it's not funny either. Yeah, I was just, I was perplexed as to what was happening when that scene was happening. I was like, is this, do these people know each other? Is this like a weird shtick? So the guy walks in the shop and he's just like, oh, oh my God. And he like sees Michelle Yo and just starts talking like he's from outer space and just landed on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, in Men in Black when the alien like takes over the body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
all movie long, this guy is just hanging out outside of the shop. Like, yeah, he's a serial a killer. Creeper. Yeah. It could have been cute, and it was just so weird. I'm sorry, who wrote the script? Uh, what's her name? I looked it up. Emma Thompson and her husband came up with the story idea. Okay. The person who did the script, she really hasn't done anything else mm. either. Hmm. Another really strange part of this film was Amelia Clark was supposed to be this amazing singer, and the movie starts off with the scene <laughs> of a church choir, and <laughs> Amelia Clark is a little kid, and the singing is really bad. And I'm waiting for the joke. I'm waiting for the joke to happen. Her mom is, is sitting in the pew crying, and I'm like, "Where?" And then the scene ends, and there was no joke. And I was like, "Okay." And then it goes back to the end of the film, and Amelia Clark is still a really terrible Mediocre, singer just thin voice and i'm like, like oh, am i supposed to believe like i've heard a person sing like i have access to the radio like am i supposed to believe that she can the make AM it radio <laughs> <laughs> um well either dub her or pick some if so if this weird. is supposed to be someone who's good at singing there's a million actresses that are good at singing so many options that you could have picked <laughs> Oh, it was so terrible. Yeah, another part that I also thought was really awkward were these two coppers who kept showing up. And I think mm. it was supposed to be this, like, 1930s, like, two police officers, like, slapstick comedy. Mm, good cop, bad cop. Hmm, nobody, again, we were not laughing. Oh, man. It was and not funny. <laughs> the only other thing that really, really made me angry was there was a scene of Amelia Clark just basically talking to herself while a bus is waiting for her because she's talking to Henry Golding, but he's not actually there because he's a ghost. And it was just one of those moments where I realized nobody involved in this film has ever taken the bus because <laughs> the bus driver is just scene. sitting there waiting for her yeah. to be done talking to herself. Like he has no time schedule to keep or... No, we all know bus drivers are very patient and nice to everybody. <laughs> they always wait for you when you're running after mm, them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's talking, she thinks she's talking to someone, but she's talking to a ghost. So from the bus driver's perspective, she's just talking to herself. And a good... Five minutes. I mean, that's exaggerating. A, a good 90 seconds, two minutes go by, and this bus driver is just sitting there, and finally he's like, are you going to come on? Or like, what? What are you doing? Like, like he has nowhere to go. <laughs> I'm like, this is a bus driver. Where does this take place? In London? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a bus driver? <laughs> yeah. In London. Yeah, I'm sure he's super patient. He's just going to wait for your ass. During the Christmas season. Oh, my God. Yeah, just the way this movie was so flippant about refugee trauma and also addiction <laughs> was just not cute. Oh, the insulting. husband, her, her like dad. Absolutely insulting. Her dad was what, like a cab driver, right? I forget. It was like some really he sad just, history He just drives there. around at night, you know, staying away from his wife because he hates it so much at home. I'm like... This is a really funny romantic comedy. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> God. It was okay. very depressing yeah. and there was not one ray of There's no redeeming light. qualities to it. Which is so bad. I wouldn't even care about any of this if it was just, just fun. Funny or charming yeah. or anything. Yeah. I was all in for a dumb Christmas movie and it was oh it was too dumb. Which brings us oh, no. to my second fabulous choice this Christmas movie. <laughs> Again, why he's not allowed to after, choose movies. <laughs> after I just 
you know, hit the bullseye with last Christmas, <laughs> Tabby and Stacy thought it was a great idea to let me pick another movie. Between Jingle Jangle <laughs> and Happiest Season. And Jingle Jangle, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, yeah, this, is, this looks like a lot. This is like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on 10 pounds of cocaine. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. And then that Kristen Stewart movie came out on Hulu, The, the Happiest Season. I'm like, you yeah, know, I like Kristen Stewart. And so we went with that. And we probably should have gone with Jingle Jangle. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing bad about Jingle Jangle. Oh, no, I even, I even looked up, because after that was such an abomination, I looked up, okay, what are... Are, are, are just all the modern Christmas movies, are they terrible? Or am I just sucking at picking movies? I went to Rotten Tomatoes, like, best modern Christmas movies, top 20. And guess what was number one on their <laughs> list? <laughs> Jingle Jangle, which only just came out. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, the happiest season. All right, let me do a really quick oh, summary. God, so, Kirsten Stewart... This character Abby is about to propose to her girlfriend Harper. She is gonna do this at her family at her girlfriend's family's Christmas party to which she has been invited. On the car ride over, she finds out that Harper is not out to her parents, mm -hmm. and that not only is she in the closet, but she's forcing Abby to pretend to be heterosexual and the two are not in a relationship. Uh, what follows is just multiple days of emotional abuse towards Kristen Stewart's character. Um, but there's a happy end and the two get back together and the spirit of Christmas just magically makes this horrible family be really accepting. Oh. And <laughs> Well, it's like this age-old, you know, meet the Fockers type thing and then they're like, oh, let's make it with two lesbians. Let's be woke. I'm like, I'm all in. Kristen Stewart, let's do it. Like female Keanu Reeves. And it just, again, marketed as a romantic comedy. And I kept waiting for the romance and the comedy <laughs> to come into the movie. But according to the five-star Google reviews I read, uh, this movie was very funny and um, a very good depiction of a healthy lesbian relationship. <laughs> which, like, this, this was like... Christmas lesbian version of the movie Get Out. Like, I had... Yeah. You too. I had anxiety. Anxiety. I walked out of the room at one point. I just couldn't... All the abuse she was getting, Kristen Stewart, it's just not enjoyable. So, just to set this up, she is stuck there at these rich people's yeah. house. And at one point, she even checks the uh, rideshare app. She's whatever. like, I have to get out. I get get out. out. And it's like... She realizes she's trapped at this house, and that was the point. Where I was like, "Oh my god, it's like get yeah. out!" Well, she's so far away that you know, getting an Uber would be like a thousand dollars. Well, like I mean, it also is important to set up the fact that, like, from the beginning, it's like the very first part of the movie. Like, they go into the fact that she hates Christmas. She's mm -hmm. like not a Christmas person because her parents passed away like right around Christmas. Oh, is she an orphan? Is she? Yeah, she's, an, or oh, she's wait, still an orphan. Oh, oh you didn't, didn't know, know she was an orphan? I didn't know that. Oh my god, I didn't catch that. You should that. really know that she's an orphan. <laughs> yeah, someone, you know, the people that made this movie thought it would be a really good idea to put an orphan joke literally every ninety seconds into the movie. <laughs> So I'm like, it was just not funny. You can have funny orphan jokes. That's totally cool. But you can't make the same joke every two minutes and have it also be an orphan joke. There was just nothing funny about it. But the movie starts, because I know you want to ask Stacy about mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm. They're walking down Candy Cane Lane. Stacy, what is Candy Cane Lane? Here in Los Angeles. 
You've Candy Cane Lane is a like a row of streets in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, it was just one street. No, it's a oh, it's row. a row. It's a row of streets. Yeah, it's I don't like know a much about crisscross. It. Like you have to drive down one street. It's like something like traditionally growing up. Like I would get in the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't something that I just moved onto the street. Like I get into a car every Christmas. Mm-hmm. We would sit on the hood of the car or in the back of the car and we'd wrap up in blankets and we'd go and look at all of the Do you have a little hot beautiful- cocoa? N- not mm. usually because okay. we were in a car, but um, – or on the hood of the car, which is not exactly super safe, but, you know. Anyway, we would drive down these streets like Oh, wait. You were around- on the hood and someone was driving the car? Oh, yeah. That wait, was the what? thing. Yeah. Or in the back of the car. You would like sit there. It was- You're not going fast. It like- was the 80s. Yeah. yeah. No, it was not the 80s. It was the 90s. But thank you for aging me way more than you need to. Really when you're nailing like, this aging thing. could have gone when you were like um, eight anyway. or nine years old. That's not so weird. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway. Thank God. It was like an two-hour thing where you'd like literally mm-hmm. drive a house but it was like gorgeous like best decoration you'll ever see and Stacey, and did you end up house. living on candy cane lane at some point <laughs> in your life accidentally growing up we stopped going to candy cane lane and i may have forgotten exactly where candy cane lane was because <laughs> i hadn't gone in a while and we ended up renting a house on candy cane lane and during the christmas season you couldn't get out of your house. Oh, no, you couldn't leave. And there was random people stopping at all times of the night to snap pictures. It made me hate Candy Cane Lane, and I have not been back since. <laughs> Do, is it part of your like HOA that you have to decorate the house and stuff like it that? It was part of our lease agreement. Oh. They did provide the decorations. Oh, interesting. But they did not supplement our electricity bill for it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. So it, it was fascinating. It was, it was quite interesting. I understand Kristen Stewart's point of view on the whole thing because to me, I felt exactly like she did. I don't ever remember tours walking through there though. Like someone like walk by each house and tell stories. Mm. Like that was never something I saw. Right. Cause they would just be like, Stacy lives here and you don't know her. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't really understand the whole idea of like having a, somebody walk you around the streets right it was always mm. something you got in the car and you drove through i don't ever even living there remember well, a lot you haven't of people been back in a while so. that's true that's true <laughs> maybe it's changed so Kristen's this movie is like so full of cle- like you just saw everything coming from two miles away that's you know, okay which is fine but before she leaves she has her you know gay friend who is the only redeeming character in this oh, he's whole amazing. movie and she's like you have to take care of my pets and you have to feed the cat this way. And you have to feed the dog this way. And you have to lock the door that way. Oh, and don't forget about the fish. And she's like, are you even listening to me? And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm listening. What, like, what, oh, what did you say? And you're like, this guy's going to kill the fish. You just, you know. Okay, of yeah, course, of course, the I thought he's going to kill the fish. the fish. That's fine. I don't even mind that relationship. But the fact that she was asked to go to the family's house when she has like other responsibilities and like things that are paying when the woman hasn't even come out yet to her parents like how delusional and messed up are you in the head oh you mean her girlfriend yeah i i thought about that because that was a lot of the reviews by people in the queer community who said you know, maybe I'm not out to my family, but I would never force anyone, especially yeah. someone I love, to pretend to be in the closet or, like, bring them to my house or put them in, like, a semi-dangerous it's, situation. It's so ridiculous. Like, my sister's bisexual. I'm bisexual. Like, and the whole time, like, I can never imagine this scenario where this woman is, like, going to ask somebody to spend Christmas with the love of her life, who she lives with. And then decide on the car ride home or the next morning and panic. 
even if you panic the next morning, the fact that she let her get in the car, like, I, I, I can't even believe the amount of selfishness that would occur in that situation. I am I'm, I'm baffled. I accepted it because I was like, okay, we got to get this movie going somehow. This is the situation. Right. This is yeah. how we get there. I'm like, sure, you fine. know, fine. This is the conflict. If this was the one problem, I think I could have Right, and then it. it was just a cascade of even more terrible stuff happening. I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, she, they put her downstairs, and she has no privacy down there whatsoever. There's Everyone's no lock on the door. Everyone's just coming in and out of her room. There were Without knocking. Your favorite, the evil twins. There's always no, evil twins. No, I don't twins. like evil twin children. Why, how is that? That's not funny. I don't want well, them in my I, movies. I, that whole entire thing was like, they. how old were they supposed to be? But they looked a little older than they were supposed to be, and then they were way more malicious than at any <laughs> six-year-old or seven-year-old that i've ever seen right because they didn't even know her yeah it's just a stranger like in their house like, i mean why? i get that they were maybe going through some stuff because you find out later they were going through some stuff but i still it still didn't comprehend or make sense that they would be i get that there's evil children in the world but <laughs> it just didn't work for me I don't, there was just no character buildup. there was no likability in any of the characters I was really well, bad. from the second she gets there it's just a complete crapshoot the the middle is it the middle of the oldest sister is a complete biatch to her I, f I forget the character's name Sloane the one with the kids yeah. no yeah and then the other the little sister who is also the co-writer of the movie seemed like she was special needs to me but was never addressed like like the only one she was she, she was, acted so weird she in had the very movie. weird social skills in the sense that she was exceptionally affectionate and happy all the time but she was just like constantly treated like she was the extra person in the room that shouldn't be there it was like how she would say things and follow everyone around and it, yeah. it, it seemed like someone with like a mild case of like autism or something but it was like never addressed that way it definitely some it was kind of such social a disorder strange character out of all the, the family, she's the only one I liked. Yeah, she's the nicest one. And if they would have made that a thing, like, oh, my sister has, like, some behavioral yeah, issues. Yeah, I think that would have made more sense to me. And not just never talk about it and <laughs> just say, like, oh, her parents just completely neglect her. So yeah. now she has this, like, trauma that she gets one line to address and then, oh, the family's all happy now. Like, that takes years of, like, family <laughs> therapy, you know? It doesn't just take one Christmas photo to, like, be over. I think we were a little too hard on you. Bring it in, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kristen Stewart's girlfriend just kind of starts ignoring her, treating her like crap, coming home drunk at two in the morning. Oh, my God. That like, entire scene was just so infuriating Not texting her back. but And then kind of giving her the cold shoulder, but then every time her ex-boyfriend, Connor, comes in, she's like, oh, my God. But she's not even into him. And I'm just like, oh, it's just so awful. And I was like, Kristen Stewart, you need to leave. Need to oh, get. and then, then comes the ex-girlfriend who no one knows about because she's Aubrey not an ex-girlfriend. Who is amazing. And is the one agrees. that Kristen Stewart should have ended up with. Everyone because... agrees on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was an actual human being and had, like, emotional depth. Well, and then you find out, so... Kristen Stewart's girlfriend was dating Audrey Plaza, Aubrey, 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 Aubrey Plaza, mm -hmm. and lied to Kristen Stewart that she came out in high school about that, right? Well, no, she forced mm -hmm. her to come out in high school. So the story was is that they, some one of the girls found a love letter in the lead, what's her name? Harper, Harper's, Harper's locker. locker. Harper, Harper. And it was from 
Aubrey, so she just like made up this entire lie that it was right. She was she was the lesbian. She she forced her out of the closet and then kept her own secrecy. And then she had to go through years of torture in high school without any. And this is like supposedly not only her lover but her best friend, right? Right. Ugh, I'm so angry. Well, I think the thing that was also a really strange choice was the family's not just kind of bigoted. But they're just really mean and evil yeah, all around. Nice. Oh, what did the mother do? The about white the, elephant. The white elephant gift where she's like yelling at her for putting it under the tree. Like, don't you know that? And then she like makes another like joke about her being an orphan and is and like, the, what, did you not have trees? 50th orphan joke. Oh my God. It was just. No, Kristen Stewart comes back with the white elephant gift and Kristen Stewart hasn't celebrated Christmas in like 10 years, but she's just. Comes up to mom. She's like, where should I put this white elephant gift? And the mom's like, well, under the Christmas tree, obviously. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. You're an orphan. You probably never had Christmas. And, and we then already... she goes, my brooch disappeared. Oh, like, if it oh turns up then, suddenly. And then oh, accuses yeah, her of stealing. Even, yeah. All in the same Conversation. 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, there's a reason she, I mean, they think that she stole, uh, I know, I but know. I'm sa- I'm not even, I'm not explaining it because this woman is evil and, <laughs> and but makes- it's not even just the family. It's all the friends. Yeah. It's the assistant who has the affair mm. with the husband. Like everybody just treats Kirsten Stewart like she's less than yeah, well, like garbage. why? I don't even understand and why. Yeah. It's strange choice again. It, it basically just seems like she's completely abandoned in this house again. Again, it's like, get out. Her <laughs> best friend finally shows up, and you're like, "Oh my god, please, just then let me get her run. out of here." <laughs> the most upsetting part to me, this is right around the time when I walked out of the room, is at the climax of the movie. The sisters have this huge fight. Sloan ends up taking the picture. One of them, yeah. Uh, of the little sister. The little sister drew that huge painting uh-huh. for her white elephant gift. And she takes it and like smashes it over her sister. And this was like a hand-drawn, huge canvas. Who she's been bragging about. I mean, she's been bragging about her white elephant gift for like at least a couple scenes in the movie. So you know mm-hmm. she's like li- so proud of it. Her little sister, the little sister's like, I worked a hundred hours on this. Like, what is wrong with you? And like, again, nobody cares about the no little sister. No consequences. Like, yeah. like, oh my... Like, everyone is so awful in this movie. Like, so self-absorbed. How is this funny? <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to take your painting and smash it over my sister because that's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh my God. I, I I honestly have a lot to say about that final scene oh, where evil sister Sloan finds out that Harper is gay mm-hmm. and her first instinct is... To out her to the parents just to get back at her or something. And I thought that was so... Well, well, before you go on, out her to the parents at the Christmas party that is also the fundraiser for the dad-to-be mayor. Go on. Yes. And that was a decision that I thought was so reprehensible and vindictive. And there there was no coming back or redeeming this character in any way, shape, or form. No, everything was fine, like, two minutes later. (laughs) And then... They have this chase scene where Harper tries to catch up with her and they kind of grab each other. And this fun, jolly music starts playing. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm having like anxiety right now about how horrible this family is and how everybody's lives is getting destroyed. And it's like this slapsticky, ha ha, isn't this funny moment? And I'm like, it's not funny. 
It's really making me, like, upset watching this. And then, like, they find out that her and her husband are getting a divorce, and now it's a race to whoever... Oh, because you also saw, like, the, they opened the closet yeah. door, and, like, there's the husband, like, hooking up with... The, the assistant. The assistant. And you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, but like, they're already, like, divorced at that point, right? No, separated. 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 It, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that they're, like, pretending... Ugh, I, I just know, don't get really how, how is this a comedy when everyone is awful and awful things continue to happen and I, I just like I don't find it funny when you beat up on one character no, for like no. and, and somebody who's genuinely like just trying to be nice and you think about the fact that she was about to propose to this woman like yeah. it's so hurtful to like watch everything happen so then just to continue from that scene sloan outs harper to the entire family first of all from a writing standpoint i thought that was a really strange choice because i think for harper to achieve the growth this movie was trying to do harper had to make the decision to come out to the family mm -hmm. and kind of make that decision on her own so right. i was like this is strange then Harper doesn't stick by Abby in that scene because the movie hasn't met its length yet or whatever. And Harper says, no, she's lying. Abby's nothing to me. Oh, I'm like, yeah. okay, so this Ugh. is the point where this relationship is over. Is super healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a super healthy depiction, depiction of a lesbian relationship. Right, so at that point, I Kristen Stewart leaves, as she should. And, and run. Harper and runs her down. She's like, no, just give me one more chance. <laughs> It's like, oh my god. No, no, no. Okay, so Abby I'm sorry, I'm Abby comes head. back and then Harper has this moment of like, oh no, I really do love her and Abby goes, it, it's too late. Like, I'm getting my stuff. It's too late. I'm leaving. So that moment again from a writing perspective, now it just feels like that character is doing damage control because mm -hmm. she's lost the relationship with her family so now she's just holding on to abby and i as a viewer can no longer mm -hmm. believe in the myth of the romance or the you know these people she's saying that because these people have a relationship so that whole series of events i thought was really strangely written to to make Harper and Abby get back together because I saw no way for them well, to get the back together. The other thing is like you've that. you've seen from the beginning that like her best friend doesn't like anything that's like doesn't represent a positive thing for his friend. Like he's very protective of her. Dan Levy, you mean? Yeah. The best friend. Oh yes, he's yeah. very protective And then you of see her. you see in the scene where he's like, oh, but he knows what she's been going through. Right. And I'm like, no, as a best friend, I would be like, no, girl, you can't. Like, yeah. it would not be it would not be <laughs> yeah. a possibility. I would be standing in between them being like, no, you don't deserve my friend. And mm. I don't know, maybe that's the loyalist in me. But like, and I get that there's maybe differences in like having to come out when you're like so closeted. But again, you made the decision to do this from the beginning. Like, she was perfectly okay staying home with her animals and like waiting. You invited her to this chaos that you hadn't dealt with. I just mm -hmm. it don't grasp his acceptance of it either, which I liked him through the entire movie. Uh, and I still like him. He's probably one of my favorites. But I just during that exact moment, I'm like, huh, I don't think I'd be reacting that way if I was mm -hmm. acting the way he had been acting throughout the entire movie. I was done with the Harper character halfway through after Kristen Stewart's getting ignored. And Harper's like, you know what, like tonight... Like, let's spend time. And they, like, invites her out, like, to the bar, right, to get a drink. Turns out, like, Harper's there 
with all her other friends. It's not like a one-on-one thing. We're all yeah. so terrible because everyone terrible. is movie And then terrible. when Kristen Stewart's like, you know, like, I think I'm ready to go home. Harper's like, oh, I kind of want to stay and hang out with my friends. Like, do you mind? It's like, yeah, it's great one-on-one time. <laughs> and Kristen Stewart goes home and is just laying in bed trying to text Harper. And it's like, what, one thirty in the morning. She's like, are you okay? Like, are you home yet? And like, nothing. And then at 2 a.m. in the morning gets a text back that's like, I'm home, night. Healthy relationship. And then what we all strive for. Wakes her, Kristen Stewart then wakes her up in the morning. She's like, oh, I was just worried about you. Like, everything okay? She goes, and then Harper's like, oh, I didn't know I had a curfew. I'm just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> You're suffocating like, me. What? She's like, I, I just, I need some more space. <laughs> and literally 12 hours before, to Kristen Stewart, like, oh, I'm so sorry about my shitty family. Like, let's spend some time together. And 12 hours later, she's like, I need some space and you're suffocating me. And like... Or the fact that she's like, there... This person sucks. Yeah. Or the fact that Kristen Stewart's even there. Like, if you wanted time, you shouldn't have invited her. You're asking Kristen Stewart to come out, <sighs> pretend she's straight, then she's getting ignored by you, abused by your family, and then you invite her out. You don't spend any time with her, and then you like stay turn out with on your her? ex-boyfriend. Like, like what? I was like, I was done at that point. I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, it's so bizarre. Uh, another thing I thought was strange was the younger sister always goes on about her novel that she's writing. Mm-hmm. It's a fantasy novel. Nobody really takes her Nobody seriously. Nobody gives a crap. No. <laughs> and then I thought. The painting that she keeps hyping up would be a fantasy scene from her novel. And it's just this really boring picture of Main Street. And I was like, again, strange choice because it was never there was never a line of like the dad saying, Oh, I really love this town, or oh, I really love Main Street, or they they keep hyping the painting and the book. So I thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. I was gonna at least laugh at that, like it was gonna be this cool fantasy scene with dragons. Yeah. And then it's just like an oil painting of Main Street, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's also random where she's set up as this writer all all movie long, and then her white elephant gift is this big painting. You're like, oh, that... Is she a painter it, yeah, or just, a writer? Which, like, like... That's awesome. She can write and paint, but it's just... <laughs> Like, the character is never quite And she's <laughs> a tech out. expert, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's the point. She's just really good at everything, and no one's paying attention to her. No one's paying her. attention. Like, wow. That's really yeah. uplifting. She was the she was the best sister, and then, uh, what's his name? Dan Levy? Dan Levy, the gay friend. He really has the only funny lines in the movie that made me chuckle, and the rest was Aubrey just... Plaza was kind of funny, too. Aubrey Plaza's always great, a doctor yeah. And... She was, yeah. yeah, those are the only three kind of sane people, and yeah. the rest just wasn't funny. Like, I don't... <laughs> Something else I always chuckle at in movie, and some this time I was really angry about it. I think it's because we're going through COVID, but it's set up that Abby is a student and Harper is a writer. These are not people who are extremely wealthy or well-off. It's also mentioned that they only have a one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. You see the apartment in the beginning of the film. It's this huge living room. They have, like, a kitchen. They have these big windows. There's an upstairs. The movie version of what L.A. is like is just infuriating me right now. It's like the friend's apartment. Yeah, as I'm seeing, like, so many people living on the street right now, and rent is only going up more, even though nobody has a job, and I'm like, fuck you, Hollywood. Like, it's not (laughs) funny. Like, you set up in your own film that they only have a one-bedroom apartment, and you can't get the right location for your one-bedroom apartment? Like, 
It's always like that, though. If someone has an apartment uh, in New York, it's like it. this huge apartment. I'm done with like, it. This would cost like ten thousand yeah, dollars a not, month. It's not cute anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there was one shot that I thought was very relatable, and it was of somebody doing a puzzle, and one piece was missing. Yeah, it was Dan Levy. Yeah, I was he goes, like... "I'm busy right now." He's like, "Stupid puzzle." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Tabby all day. Um, there is a line that Dan Levy said that really resonated. I mean, he had some really good lines. Yeah, he had some good... Yeah. He's, he's like... He had some good little speeches. The most well-written character in the whole movie. He says, there's nothing more erotic than concealing your authentic selves. Mm -hmm. He says it as a joke. Um, but it reminded me... This is kind of unrelated, but it reminded me of this interview that Sir Ian McKellen once gave. And somebody asked him what it was like growing up gay. Mm -hmm. In Britain, it was illegal to be homosexual until right. 69, 70. So Sounds very, right. very late. Yeah. Very late. And he said, yeah, I think people always have this notion of like, ooh, this fun secrecy and you're going to the underground nightclubs and blah, mm -hmm. blah. And after a while, that just wears off and you right. are so exhausted and all you want to do is just hold your partner's hand right. in public. Yeah. And that line kind of reminded me of that. And the whole film, it just has this weight on it of... No, Kristen Stewart says it's fun to have a little secret. She <laughs> says it about 90 minutes in, I believe. It, it like had some good ideas and then didn't execute them in any way. Do, do we know who wrote this? Uh, it? Yes, it's the woman who plays the younger sister. The younger sister. sister is one of the writers. And then the other writer, I, I don't is remember. Is an actress. She is, and this is really... And she also directed it. So my question it's is... her first real directing thing Do, have, are, are either of them like lesbian gay? or I gay or i don't know i'm just curious because i feel like there was also a lack of like it just to me there was like a disconnect a disconnect like yeah maybe. but it wasn't a disconnect to me about it's a disconnect just about people in general it has yes, nothing to do yeah. with being a lesbian or not it was just a disconnect in how people act. I don't know. Just the, the fact that people would think that that's like a normal relationship, let alone a normal lesbian relationship. It's just like... I'm, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's not a disconnect in how people act because there's plenty of people that act like that and they're awful. But I don't know how that's a comedy movie. A Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm saying what what makes Scrooge such a classic, right? That the, the Dickens tale, such a classic thing is that he is redeemed at the end, right? And he like, here, you have a turkey and you look under your seat and you get a turkey, right? He turns into Oprah. Well, you see and, like a growth process though, the, like a little bit. Yeah, there's a growth. He's redeemed. And the Sloan character is not... Mm -hmm. redeemed at the end it's that that not scene only at redeemed, the end she's just, there's like no growth like you there's no you don't believe that she like became a better person mm -hmm. like you just think that she's right but coming back to tabby's point i think it would have been redeeming when her sister outs outs her in front of the whole family then she takes her spot as a villain she's like you know what screw you and yeah i am a freaking lesbian i love Kristen stewart yeah, I, over I wouldn't have given that given that power to the sister there was just not there was not that redeeming moment. And then denying your relationship again and letting Kristen Stewart walk out of the door and then you chase her down two hours later. Like, I just need one more chance. That, that's well, not redeeming. It, yeah, it was the fact that she couldn't do it in public but could do it in a private setting yeah, with her family. Yeah. It was like, wait. Like, I get that her family is who she was hiding most from. But the fact that you couldn't, like, come out to your friends or your, like, I don't know. It was just, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't redeemable. Mm-hmm. 
I have a positive thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Kristen Stewart's bathroom in the basement has a turquoise wallpaper with cheetahs mm, on it, no, and it is uh, incredible. Fabulous. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I did no, not I notice wow. the wallpaper bathroom. I'm sorry. I wow, apologize. Okay. I failed you in that area. Yeah, this is the most negative Christmas episode of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to say something about that security scene, but I've already hated on this movie so much that... Oh, where they, like, where the kids make it look like Kristen Stewart stole well, something? Well, and there's the two... Oh, again, the know, two the, cops. You always two, gotta have the two yeah, cops. Yeah, the two security uh, guards who have Those Kristen actors Stewart. are actually very funny. They yes. were just not funny Which is, like, movie. you get these really funny actors and they're still not funny. What Like, what are you doing yeah, wrong? Well, there's just, there's no material to work with. And also the idea that that's something that can happen in real life when shop owners have no protection from any kind of theft. They cannot stop you. Mm. They cannot do anything about it. Uh, shoplifting is a huge issue if you own any kind of retail store. But I don't know. Everything annoyed me. Cops. They got her. Uh, everything annoyed me about this. Everything annoyed you. <laughs> it just made me physically upset at just how terrible this movie was. And I feel crazy because this movie has like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and has more five-star reviews on Google than like negative reviews. I'm just like, am I the crazy one? Well, it just, it just seems like we every Christmas movie we, we've watched lately, it's just ne not as good as the old ones. 2003 was the last great year of Christmas movie. We had Elf and Love actually in the same year. When, when did Holiday come out? No, a little later than that. Okay, so maybe that was the last because I really liked yeah. that movie. I wanted to like this movie. I told, I came in like I'm, I, I like his, I'm ready. I like Kristen Stewart. No. I liked, I like Audrey Plaza. There was like such, there was some good cast in it. It was just not a good movie. Sorry, can't recommend either of them. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Read us out, Tabby. <laughs> you can find us at modernlifepodcast.com on Instagram and Twitter at modernlifepod. You can email us, modernlifepod at gmail.com, and have a merry holiday season. Have a better Christmas than Kirsten Stewart. either of the yeah, than Kirsten And Amelia Stewart. Clark. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it goes under that tree, obviously. <laughs>